Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 124, Ask Scanner School, session number 20. This is where we answer your questions. And before we start this week's podcast, I want to thank the supporters of Scanner School. So whether you're going to scannerschool.com slash support and you're supporting us at a one-time donation by going to PayPal. Maybe you're using our Amazon links before you make a purchase on Amazon. If you're looking for new hardware, you're using our Scanner Master links. Or even if you're using Butel software, before you make that purchase, you go and use our Butel links. And our brand new eBay links if you're looking for used equipment. Your support helps keep the podcast going. I also want to thank those who help support us on Patreon. Now, Patreon is a month-over-month type of sponsorship platform. And there's three different tiers. The first tier for a buck a month, you're just help, helping to support us. And really, at the Patreon takes theirs, we're only getting pennies on a dollar, to be honest with you. At $3 a month, you're going to get the podcast delivered to you early. You get your own private podcast feed that you can actually get the podcast as soon as it's available. At the $5 level, you not only get the $3 level, but you also get squelchy stickers mailed directly to your home. Because at five dollars a month, it really equates to being about a dollar a week or a dollar per podcast is really what you're you're giving us. So again, I want to thank my Patreon supporters who are Craig Harper, Dan, Glenn Blum, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Irvin Thibodeau, James Felling, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Ty Glendie and William R. Can. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome back to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, in today's session... If this is your first time joining us, this is how it's going to work. I have questions that are sent in to me via SpeakPipe or our local 516 number, which is 516-308-2885. Now, again, this is all available online to at scannerschool.com slash ask. I also get questions submitted in via email or the form on the previous webpage that I gave you. And I answer them live here on the podcast. Now, in order to incentivize people to use the SpeakPipe in our local voicemail number, I also give away a free consulting call to one winner who uses either the SpeakPipe or the voicemail number. So this week, we have one question that came in via SpeakPipe. So we already have an automatic winner, and I want to thank that one person. We'll find out who that is in a second. But again, it's the ability for me to answer your questions. I know a lot of questions... They could be a little bit tough at times. We did have one stump so far, so I challenge you again to uh, to do that and see if you can stump me. But again, I invite you to ask your questions. Again, scannerschool.com slash ask. And again, if you ask me via SpeakPipe or our local telephone number on our voicemail number, you'll be in a winning for a free consulting call. Now, if you want to just book me for a consulting call, you can do so by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting. And by the way, think of these as tutoring sessions. What ends up happening is we log in via Zoom. 
I can see your computer, you can see my computer, and it's just like I'm sitting next to you and we can go through how to set up your radio, how to uh, get Sentinel working, how to set up a SDR, you know, you name it, we could pretty much do it as I'm sitting next to you. So it's a great way to get extra one-on-one support with the scanner radio hobby. So without any further delay, let's go ahead and jump right into our very first question, which comes in from Les up in Canada. Hi, Phil. My name is Les Stevenson, and my question is for you, Phil. Our transit system here in Toronto fits through a Tetra radio system. My question is, can Tetra, and with the proper soft, uh, with the soft relics, be put on a scanner such as the 436, the 536, or the SDS 100 or 200 radios? All right, Les, great question. Thank you so much for asking that one. So there's to answer the very first part of the question, the easiest part of the question is no, there's no commercial available scanner out there on the market right now that will do Tetra decoding. So you can't find it in your 436, your 536, you can't find it in anything by Whistler or Uniden. For that matter, GRE or Radio Shack as well, if you want to go back on those older lines as well. So Tetra is basically it's a, a digital modulated system and it's used primarily or or has the biggest foothold over in the UK and European countries, right? It's not really not so much over here in North America. But there is some Tetra, there is some Tetra around. And fortunate for me, I don't have any, you know, in my backyard, but there are some here in the States and, and like Les, like you have up in Toronto, you do have your local transit system is using Tetra. So you do have a couple of things you can look at here. Now, the first thing I want to do is I'm going to jump into radio reference just to take a look. That's always the first thing I do, right? It's just when it comes in and it's like, what is out there. So first thing we do is navigate over to radio reference. We go into the database again, radioreference.com slash apps slash DB. And we go into Canada, we go into Ontario, we look for Toronto and we get a nice little list of what's out there in Toronto. So again, the first we look at is we have some fire ground services that are conventional. We've got the Tetra Transit Commission, which I know is what you want to look at. We also have a couple of other things out there. I guess they call it the uh, Communications and Information System, Correctional Facility. You have uh, Hadzola EMS services out there and some city properties as well on DMR. But you also have quite a bit of DMR trunking, LTR, NXDN, P25. So you do have quite a mix of things. You even have MPT1327 also for your transit system. But what you're interested in right now is your Tetra standard. So when we come in here, we see probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different sites. Some of the sites only have one channel, some have two, and some have three. Now, this could be because the system hasn't been mapped out, or maybe it has been mapped out, and this is all there's out there. But it looks like, from what we can see as the submitted talk groups, you have system-wide talk groups, you've got bus and streetcars, you've got subway lines, and you've got radio talk groups. I don't see anything in here that's encrypted. So that's a good start, right? Whatever is mapped out here in radio reference hasn't gotten that encryption flag yet. Now, again, that could be... I could change. You can find more out there in, in the real environment that's actually you know listed in radio reference. That's a very strong possibility as well. But how do you monitor Tetra? So you can do it. It's going to require a little bit of homework. And 
I seem to find is the best way to do it. And again, I don't have it here, but for my all my research is you're going to want to invest in a SDR dongle. And you could probably use about 25, 30 bucks on Amazon. Again, it's, I have a link for you here. It's at scannerschool.com slash new elect. And that's N-O-O-E-L-E-C. Now, again, we'll put a link to it in the session notes online, scannerschool.com slash session 124. And these are little USB sticks with a, with a SMA connector on the back of it. And it does ship with the antenna. And it allows you basically to turn your, your computer, your Windows PC. I mean, it works with Linux and, and, and Mac. But for this example here, it's a Windows computer. And you're going to run one of three pieces of software here. Actually, one or two of three. Okay, because two have to go together. So the first piece of software that will do Tetra is called Open Ear. And OpenEar is a Windows-based program. It, it piggybacks off of using an RTL SDR dongle, and it will demodulate or will, will allow you to listen to Tetra. Now, again, I don't know how well it works. I don't have Tetra in my backyard, but it looks like it's, it's available on that piece of software. Now, again, we'll put a link to it in the session notes. Now, the other thing you can look at, too, is there's a plugin for an app called SDR Sharp. Now, SDR Sharp is the, like the gateway program when you got your SDR first plugged in. SDR Sharp is where you're going to go in there and you're going you're to check your settings out. You're going to tune around and you're going to see how things work. Now, SDR Sharp is nice because it allows you to bring in plugins. And there is a Tetra plugin for our uh, SDR Sharp. But it is, it's kind of written in Russian, so you're going to have to Google Translate to see what's going on with it. But at least you can kind of start monitoring Tetra with it. But additionally to that, there's a Tetra Trunk Tracker program that uses that previous program. And it also allows you to now to have a SDR stick on the control channel and a secondary one that watches the watches the voice channel or, or is controlled by the control channel goes the voice channel. So by using this, you basically turned your computer into a Tetra receiver, a trunk tracking receiver, and allows you to look at the talk groups on the system and 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 listen to it as well. So again, it's not something that is you know, that's, that's going to, it's going to be working out of the box for you guys to do a little bit of, of configuration for that. And again, we can try and go through this on uh, your consulting call, by the way, because you're the only one who submitted this month. So I'll send you the information on how to claim your free tutoring or consulting session with me uh, via email. And this, this will be the best way, I think right now, the only way really that you can, you can hop on the Tetra train to uh, kind of spin off of what you don't try and do here. So unfortunately, no hardware out there out of the box will do it. You're going to be required to use something like this. And uh, it looks like it's pretty, it can be done and, and, you know, we'll see. So let us know how you make out. Again, you're looking for either open ear or the SDR Sharp Tetra plugin, and you're going to pair the SDR Sharp Tetra plugin with Tetra t- Trunk Tracker. And uh, like I said, best of luck with that. Thank you so much for your question, and hopefully this gets you listened to whatever it is that you want to hear. Thanks again. Okay, our next question comes in from James. James asks, I have been in the scanners, amateur radios since the early 60s. The question I have is about the SDS-200. I can't seem to find info on the various jacks, like those in the back and what things you could do with the LAN connection. I hope this is a start, Jim. All right, Jim. So the SDS-200 is, is it's has got a lot of mysteries to it. I'll tell you that. A lot of the information on here hasn't been documented. I think Unidin was really hot to get this out to market 
and we're going to circle back and, and turn things off uh, on that are turn, turned off currently. But let's take a quick look, though, at what's on the front side of this scanner. Now, obviously, we have a headphone jack. Headphone jack, pretty much self-explanatory, right? You plug that in, you listen to it through your headphones. Or I'm sure you could drive a smaller or a amplified speaker with that as well. Over on the right-hand side of the unit, we have a USB a port. Now, the USB-A port, that's that rectangular USB port. It's kind of the same port that's in the back of your computer. I haven't used that on my scanner, and to be honest with you, I don't think it's in use yet. I think that's one of those uh, those jacks that they were going to map out in a future release. And at this time in the release of the podcast, I don't believe that's, that's even in use. To the right of that, you've got your micro SD card. Now, the micro SD card, that is where all the smarts are on the scanner. That's where you load in the radio reference database. Your Ferris list gets loaded on there. When you record things to the scanner, that's where they're saved to. When you make changes to the scanner, as far as what scan banks to turn off and on, when you turn off the scanner, that's why it says writing to SD card. It kind of reconfigures that SD card to your last known uh, configuration. So... That's kind of like where the smarts of the whole system come into play, right? That's that's basically the memory is really what it is. Now, if you want to upgrade that micro SD card, by the way, I look for a class 10 device. And class 10 devices have, I think, the fastest uh, read-write rate on the market when it comes to micro SD cards. So that's where I would go for. And also go for a name brand SD card. Don't try and uh, bargain uh, shop on that one for a couple extra bucks. Get something that's, that's a name brand on that one. Just to the right of that, you've got your your mini USB port. Now, that mini USB port, that's going to be your main interface port with the STS-200. When you plug that into your computer, your uh, scanner is going to ask you if you want to enable serial port or if you want to access mass storage mode. When you access mass storage mode, that basically mounts the scanner on your computer so that you can access the micro SD card as if it was a removable hard drive or a standard USB stick, right? That's how you talk to the micro SD card. That's how you read and write to it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you just put it into serial mode, that's how you can communicate with the scanner. Just above that, though, we've got the Ethernet port. Now, the Ethernet port will be like plugging the USB card in or the USB port and going to serial mode with a little bit of extra, right? You can stream audio over the Ethernet port. You can remote control the scanner over the Ethernet port. You can also... If you can get the radio into an FTP state with this, you can actually write to the micro SD card over the Ethernet port. So this is really cool. So if you had this mounted somewhere remotely in the house or maybe in another location that you had access into a, through, you know, bypass the firewall, you could potentially reprogram these radios as if they were, as if they were over the LAN. So I like using mine because I can then plug it in and control it with ProScan. I can stream to from it with ProScan, remote control the radio, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the, the LAN port is, is pretty versatile. Now, if you're upgrading from like the 536 and you had Wi-Fi, now you're spoiled. You can even plug in a Wi-Fi bridge into the LAN port here, and that would then give you Wi-Fi access with the SDS-200. On the back, though, of the scanner, we've got some very familiar connectors back there, but not each one is mapped out either, which is kind of really, really frustrating when it comes to you know, looking at what's on the scanner. So on the back of the scanner, we've got some very familiar ports here. We've got the BNC jack, right? That's your that's your antenna port. We, we have that on basically every scanner we have out there, right? It's pretty simple. We also have an external speaker port on the back of it. Now, again, you would use that to drive a, a external, obviously external speaker. Just next to that, you have another micro USB port. 
this micro USB port seems to be unmapped. It doesn't do anything right now in the scanner. So I was told, you know, as a rumor, it would be eventually be used to, to be able to talk to the scanner or to access the IQ side of the house. It hasn't been mapped to anything right now in the current release of the firmware. You also have what's a modular plug next to it. It looks like an RJ11 plug or something like that. And that's where you would plug in the GPS. So the GPS plugs into there. Then you've got the barrel connector for your 12 volts in. Again, standard across the unit in line. Every single one of them has been the same on the scanner world. And then just below that, you've got a three-pin jack. Now, again, that is also a DC jack, but it allows you to, to bring in, I believe it's the dimmer sense on the middle one. And what happens is if you if you plug that into your car and you run it to like where the uh, the headlight control is or your dash lights, when it knows when, the, when those come on, then to dim the lights in the scanner. So it's one of those things. It's really just a novelty thing, I guess. Nothing you can't do by pressing in the volume button, I believe it is, that lowers the backlight as well. But again, it's really cool that that's also built in there as well. So again, most of the jacks in here are pretty well documented in, 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 the, uh, in the manual, what they do. But again, there are some mysteries like the USB-A on the front and also the micro USB on the back. They just don't seem to be mapped to anything. So hopefully that gives you some guidance as to uh, what each port is used for. And unfortunately, I don't have any answers for you in one because they're pretty much non-in use. So again, I want to uh, thank you so much, James, for asking your question. And hopefully we've answered it. All right, on to our next one. Our next message comes in from Eric. Eric says, I became a scanner and radio junkie and now mostly do it as a hobby. For about two years ago, I purchased the Home Patrol 2 scanner and was very satisfied with its performance. However, about two months ago, the state police switched to a statewide APCO 25 system and the HP2 is effectively useless. I'm seriously considering buying the SDS100 or the 200 if it's worth it or is it anyone you know who can upgrade my HP2 and bring it back from the dark ages? So, Eric, I'm sorry to hear that you're having issues listening to the Connecticut State Police now on your home patrol, too. So the first thing, obviously, I do is I jump into Radio Reference and I look at the Connecticut Land Mobile Radio Network, again, the CLMRN, which is where Connecticut State Police are on. Now, again, this is a APCO P25 Phase 2 system. And it looks like you've got several simulcast systems on here. You've got a New Britain simulcast, Troop G, Troop A, Troop B, C, D, E, F, et cetera, et cetera. And also a Hartford. It looks like Hartford is not a simulcast, but there are several simulcast systems in here. So that's one thing we need to keep in the back of our mind. The second thing is there are a little bit of encryption on here, but not so much that you shouldn't be hearing anything. So the first thing I'd ask of you on your on your HP2 is, are you up to date? Have you taken an upgrade on the latest firmware? Have you updated the radio reference master database in Sentinel? That would be the first two steps you would have to do. Secondly, you'd want to push the master database to the scanner. Now, if you're using the master database and you're scanning by zip codes, then you should be good to go at this point. However, if you have your own favorites list set up, you would need to then recreate the favorites list with the new system. Because it sounds to me like what you're saying is they run an old system and they moved over to a new system. You're going to need to make sure that the only way really to update the favorites list in your scanner 
is to manually do it, right? When you do a, a radio reference update or you do a Sentinel update and update the master database, that only updates the nationwide stuff. It doesn't update your favorites list, right? So you're going to make sure you push all that data and refresh it by, by clicking on it and then right-clicking and say to pen the favorites list and then pen it to the favorites list you have set up in your scanner if that's how you're using it. So that's the next thing you'd have to do here. Now, finally, the big one is simulcast, right? Now, these scanners don't necessarily do all that great in a simulcast environment. So you're going to want to make sure you set up the scanner so you're not getting multiple towers. So that might be just bringing in in on a uh, rubber duck antenna, you know, something that, that came with the scanner itself. So you're not bringing in too many transmitter sites, maybe turning on the attenuator, orienting your antenna so that it's pointing in a different direction if you're using a Yagi antenna. There's lots of different tricks that you can do to kind of minimize the simulcast issues. But sometimes you just can't do it. I mean, I've taken a, a radio in with the office to me, and the office that I work in is like a bunker. And I should have no problem hearing any simulcast distortion. But when I walk in there with a couple different radios, guess what? They're all pretty much deaf because of simulcast issues. Only my Unication pager, the SDS-100 and the SDS-200 get reliable decode on the system that I'm trying to monitor. Everything else is pretty much an expensive paperweight. So that could be part of your issue as well. So again, we do have a podcast uh, that goes through some simulcast uh, remediation. You could try and listen to that one, but really set your attenuator, change your antenna, try and limit any other transmitter site except the one that's either closest to you or the one strongest to you would be a good way of doing it. But again, it sounds like if you're still having an issue with this one, I think the SDS 100, the 200 would definitely be a home run and it gets you working. But again, to summarize what I would do here, make sure you update your Sentinel software so it's got the latest Home Patrol database in it. Make sure your firmware is updated. Make sure your Ferris lists are updated. Push information to the scanner. See if it still works. See if it doesn't work. Still having problems. Then you have to deal with the simulcast problems on there. So I know it's a little quick of an answer, but sometimes it's all it takes. So, all right, we'll jump back into more questions right after these messages. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every scanner reader user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back to the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers, having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. 
Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works, the podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. All right, so our next question comes in from Tom Schill. Tom writes, hi, Phil. I'm a blind gentleman, and we spoke a few months ago about scanner uh, programming and blindness accessibility issues. So Tom contacted me after my interview with Pete DeVasto. Now, Pete and I talked about how he uses a scanner now back in session number 86. And Pete and I talked about how Pete's challenges are and and how he uses a scanner as being a blind operator. And and he teaches himself how to use uh, the radio and how he sets things up. And it, it just amazes me like with these radios that are out there today and everything's all menu driven. And it's not like the old days where you could just push the buttons and turn the banks off and on. I mean, I can't imagine having to go through a scanner and kind of teach yourself how to use it or how to program it and not be able to know what it's telling you. So for anybody who's in that boat, I mean, it's I'd be more than happy to help you out, walk you through, let you know what uh, any information is. But Tom, Tom wrote to me and basically he's... He needs help with his BCD 536. He bumped it off his nightstand and he says all of his favorites got turned off on the scanner. So he goes, and the radio's not receiving anything at all. So this could be so many different things. And Tom, it's it's gonna be one of these deals that we're gonna need to maybe get somebody in there who can help you out with this one. Hopefully. You know, because you wrote to me back a couple months ago, and we did trade a few emails, and the email stopped, uh, stopped going back and forth. I'm hoping that you got this squared away, but for the benefit of everybody else, and maybe other people too, have some other ideas here that you can write in and uh, add comments into the the post on the website, scannerschool.com slash session 124. Maybe what, what some of your ideas are that we can help Tom out here. So my first thought is that this fell off the nightstand. You're going to want to make sure that that micro SD card is set into the scanner. Now, again, the micro SD card is on the bottom of the radio. It's a little slit. And just make sure you've got the card in there. If there's no card in there, the scanner is not going to work. Chances are if it did fall off the nightstand, it might be waiting for that database to, to kind of tell what to do. If you move the squelch down and the volume up, at least you're going to know you have power in there. Now, what could have happened too is that you could have hit the channel button. Now, the channel button is on the uh, the bottom of the scanner on the right-hand side. There's a bottom row of, of buttons there. 
When you push that channel button in, that would just basically freeze the scanner on the current channel or the current talk group that's in. Now, again, that could make you think that it's not working, right? Because you're not hearing anything, it's not scanning. So you'd want to, on the bottom of the scanner, you got a couple of buttons that are just below the display. And the one all the way on the right-hand side is your channel button. I would say suggest pushing that button in and see maybe if, you know, you can you can get the scanner to jumpstart and do it that way as well. You, you also could have set it so there's the other buttons at the bottom of the screen uh, below there too. You, you can actually freeze it on a site or freeze it on a department. Now, if you got the scanner stuck in a site or a department, it would never scan there either. It wouldn't leave it. So if it wasn't a busy system or a busy department, you'd never hear anything. So even maybe toggling those off and on. But if you ever get this rectified, and again, I did shoot you email tonight just to see where you were on this and, and see if I can touch base with you and, and, and see what's flowing here. I would really suggest setting up a startup key. So if you can help have somebody help you out with the programming on this one, there's the ability to set a startup key on the scanner. And what happens is you can like, for example, you can press and hold one and turn the radio on. And when you do that, it will turn on all the scan lists that are assigned to that startup key. So what I do with all my customers is I, I set them up that way with, with their with their home patrol radios that, you know, the 436 and the 536, the STS 100 and 200, so that if they ever get themselves in a position where things are stuck, they can always press one, turn the radio on, and it will go back to the way that I configured the radio for them when they bought the programming from me. That has been a lifesaver in, in more times than, you know, I get emails all the time saying, hey, you know, thankfully that that was in there. That would be something that would help you out, I think, going forward. But we got to work on what's going on there now. So hopefully you've got my email that I sent you tonight. You'll respond back and, and you'll tell me either it's working or, you know, that hopefully it's, it's, it's not in the same condition it was in. But um, again... If you need any assistance, again, you, you've got my email. You can respond back to me. Even if you want to do a FaceTime and point the phone at the screen on the radio, and I can see that, and then I can tell you where to put your fingers and, and, and where to um, to get that set up as well. That is definitely something that we can work on as well. So best of luck, Tom. And again, contact me, and, and we'll get through this together, all right? Thanks again for asking, and, and best of luck getting that 536 back in order. All right, so our final question for the month comes in from Joseph. Now, Joseph's a local to me. He lives in the next county over, and uh, I've done some work for Joseph in the past. So, real great guy. He just got his brand new SDS-100, and he's loving it. It's a bit of a new monster to him. He's he's used to playing around with his uh, BCT-325s, his 996s, the old BCT-15. And I met Joe many, 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 many years ago when I programmed, I believe it was a Pro 164 for him. And, and he's he's progressed through the scanners as his hobby increases. And we got to a point now where he needed something that was going to work well, simulcast, because Joe likes to travel with his scanners. Uh, he takes the, the, uh, the bus system through the county and he likes to listen to the buses before they come and pick him up in the morning and he likes to listen to it while he's out in his commute so simulcast was going to be a huge huge problem for joseph so that's why i had recommended the sds 100 to him and he's he absolutely loves it but again it's a new monster and Joseph's question has to do with Sentinel and how to find what it is that he's looking for. Now, Joe is no stranger to radio reference. I can tell him, hey, it's on the database. And he'll tell me, okay, it's exactly right here. 
Well, what I got to do here is I have to bridge the gap between what's on radio reference and what's in Unidin's Sentinel software. Because really, it's the exact same thing, except for Sentinel gives it to you in a tree format, whereas radio reference gives it to you, obviously, in a computer-based, nicely formatted table format. So he asks me, I was looking on the radioreference.com, and it was under the Suffolk County and the bus companies that we were t- discussing. How can I add those if I wanted to put them in my SDS 100? I see that I would a few in there that I like to add, such as the educational bus in Half Hollow Hills in North Babylon. I'm curious if I can just do that if I wanted to just to listen to them. So yes, Joseph, you can. Now, the very first thing we'll look at, though, is radio reference. This way we can navigate our way over there. So again, for the sake of everybody else, I know you had to do this, Joseph, but for everybody else, we go to radioreference.com, click on the database link. We're going to go to New York, and we're going to go to Suffolk County. So the bus has moved from a Suffolk County's Type 2 smart zone system over to the county P25. So when we navigate into Sentinel, we want to go to New York. We want to go to Suffolk County. And then again, we want to go to Suffolk County Project 25. In there, we'll see a breakdown. And right now, this is all fluid because the county is building the system. But you'll see uh, police talk groups and sheriffs and county fire and medcom. And as you scroll through, you'll see then County Transit Talk Groups. You can just right-click on the header for County Transit Talk Groups, right-click on there, and append to Favorites. And that'll bring in Suffolk Bus Corp, Suffolk Transit, Suffolk Dispatchers, the Bus Corp, uh, Western Townships, EBT routes, the Brookhaven, the Jitney, and also the Inter-County Coaches. So when you right-click on the system there, again, you append the favorites, and you can just create you know, Suffolk County Transit. Now, the other question, though, comes about how do you add the conventional stuff into the same list? So again, in Sentinel, we go U.S., we go New York, Suffolk County, and then Suffolk County. You got to go into Suffolk County twice. It's, there's two suffix on the tree. As you scroll down, and you're going to go through all the fire, and you're going to go through the municipalities, and you go through the fire EMS stuff... And as we finally get there, we're going to come across we're going to come across local schools. In there, you're going to find first to, uh, student school buses, educational transportation. You're going to find Suffolk transportation buses. What you'll do there again in that local schools, you'll right click on that one. You'll do a pen to favorites list. You'll pick the transit list you just created, and you'll dump these conventional channels in there as well. Now. Being that I know how Suffolk County works, I would recommend, again, depending on how much you want to listen to it, pick up the NXDN upgrade for your SDS-100. There's a couple of NEX, NXDN systems on there that do have uh, buses on them. Now, I don't know the name of the buses, but you've got a couple of bus systems on the Norcom communication system. Also, the Suffolk County Communications, that's one is one is NXDN uh, or Next Edge. One is LTR. Again, you can put LTR in the scanner without a problem. You've also got One Voice. That's a DMR system. And again, DMR was a paid upgrade also on the SDS-100. But if you really like listening to the bus routes, again, you can listen to One Voice Network. But again, like I'm saying, this NXDN system, the Suffolk County Communications Definitely has a lot of buses on there as well. But again, if you're just interested in listening to the routes that you're taking, the conventional and the P25 is really all you needed. So again, Joseph, I want to thank you so much for asking your question. I hope you're still enjoying the STS-100. I know you are. And again, thank you so much for asking your questions. 
All right, when that wraps it up for another Ask Scanner School, I want to remind you, join us tonight. If you listen to this session as it drops live, which will be the first Tuesday of the month of May, uh, tonight on YouTube and Facebook at 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, we're holding our monthly Ask session live on those platforms, where, again, I'm in front of the camera. I'm answering your questions. We do screen sharing. It's good for 30 minutes. After that 30-minute session, I take it to my Patreon Members only, the $5 Patreon supporters get their own private Q&A session with me as well. If you're on Patreon, just look for the post in the Patreon feed. Not the same feed that gives you your podcast early, but the actual wall of posts that I put up there. You'll find a link to the YouTube uh, session that we can uh, we can chat on as well. Now, if you're listening to this on an off week, we have our Zello Nets. Our Zello Nets run every Tuesday at the exact same time. It's 9 p.m. Eastern time. And we chat for about an hour on Zello. Zello is a push-to-talk app that runs on your iOS device. That means your iPhone and your iPad. It also runs on your Windows computer and your Android device. So if you have an Android phone or an Android tablet, you can jump on the Zello net. Now, again, scannerschool.com slash Zello is where you want to go to join that weekly net. Again, meets every week except for the first Tuesday of the month or some rare occurrences. So, again, Ask me your questions for next month. Again, I'm always keeping up questions, and I try and answer them as fast as I can via email, but for the sake of everybody else, I like to answer these on a podcast. Now, again, I've done this for 20 weeks. It's almost been two years of your questions answered, and I love to keep doing these going forward. But I can't keep doing it unless you ask me your questions. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask is how you do it. And I want to thank you so much again for listening. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. This podcast is always here to teach you everything to know about the radio hobby. We'll catch you all again next week. 73 for one.